You are now listening to the Hot Take Podcast, brought to you by Full Time Fantasy. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni and Josh Daddy. Time to make it hot. Welcome in. This is the Hot Take Podcast. It is April, folks. It's the time of year to get your dynasty ranking set. We are a week away from the NFL draft, probably sooner than that by the time you listen to this. Once again, this is the Hot Take Podcast, and we are going to be talking about our top 10 prospects going into the NFL draft. Josh, I'm super excited to get into the rankings today. Yeah, absolutely, man. Excited to chop it up and talk about these rookie rankings and I won't, uh, I won't hold us up, man. I'm ready to go. Pretty pumped. Yeah, we got a special guest on the show today, uh, Michael Bauer of the Dynasty Rewind. So we figured, hey, like what better person to have on the show than, you know, a guy who, who does the damn thing with the Dynasty. And, you know, Michael, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Yes, thanks for having me. I was looking forward to this all week. Um, so now my week will be complete after this, to say the least. Hey, real quick question. Do you guys remember when uh, the draft was Saturday, Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> right. Do, do, do you still, I still kind of wish it was Saturday. Like a part of me does because, um, well, that was when I was of college age. I didn't go to college, but I would go to Bloomsburg university and hang out with my friends. It was just, we would drink all weekend and watch the draft. And it was great. Obviously now with the family, that would be uh, really hard. It's hard enough to do with a family now. Uh, basically me writing on the whiteboard in the kitchen. Uh, Daddy's watching TV all day on Saturday. Doesn't really go over too well with my wife, but um, I just kind of, I missed the Saturday, Sunday. There's something about it where now it's like prime time. It's a little more like commercialized. I don't know. Do, do you guys feel like it kind of takes away from like, you know, we're fantasy guys. We're nerds, right? This is like what we do. I feel like it takes away from it a little bit. Josh, I'll let you answer this one. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, it's become more dad friendly. And uh, as, yeah, as a father of two, uh, proud girl dad over here, it's definitely become more friendly as far as consumption purposes, you know, how it's spread across the three nights. But there's just something about and I, and I get what you're saying. There's just something about like, you knew what you were doing that weekend, right? Like, you know, you weren't like, it was the whole day. It wasn't like, you know, a chunk of the day because I get I get a little antsy you know, waiting for day two to start up. Um, there's always every year, there's always some kind of good value from the first round that everybody thinks should have been, you know, taken. And, you know, there's always the trade potential for someone to swoop up. We see it almost every year, those first couple spots in the second round. Uh, but yeah, I did enjoy it back when, uh, you know, it was just the whole weekend. Cause it, it, that's what, that's what I was doing. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's just kind of like NASCAR, a NASCAR schedule. <laughs> Like the Saturday, Sunday, like, well, you're going to just be out there watching the NFL draft all day, Saturday <laughs> and Sunday. Like, no, I like I like the fact that they changed it up. I, I hear what you're saying, Mike. I mean, like, look, the NFL, it, it's a big moneymaker. Like, it, it's just not going to be how it was in 98, you know. And so they have to pump up the the first round, of course. Um, you know, and then you get the stories with, with all the players and you hear, like, you know – all, all the stories that they care to share on, on national television for, you know, for some reason, poor families dealing with like grieving and they have to air it out there. You know, that's kind of unfortunate part of it, but yeah, yeah I hear what you're saying. You know, it, it 
things things are changing with the NFL, and I, I think it's kind of uh, interesting as we get into this uh, top ten, you know, um, prospects here. It, you know, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with how the ebbs and flows of you know fantasy football goes with you know just everything being a little bit more commercialized and everything being a little bit more like you know under the microscope. So that is always an interesting perspective, but. You know, Michael, we had Scott Simpson on a couple of weeks ago and we were able to talk to him about, you know, how he got started playing fantasy football. It's just like a question I want to start asking our guests here. Like, how did you get started playing fantasy football and what led you into, you know, create, creating the Dynasty Rewind ultimately? Yeah, so actually uh, how I got started, that's not a question I get asked very often, believe it or not. Also, uh, shout out to Scott Simpson, great guy. Got the opportunity to do a podcast with him and he's amazing. So believe it or not, uh, my dad was the one that got me started in fantasy football. He does not play fantasy. Um, he just watches the Eagles and doesn't care about anything else. That's it. <laughs> and he doesn't even know who half the players are. Um, he wouldn't, he it's, it's, that's a long story, but you know, he's like, Oh, you know, all these stats and everything. Why don't you play this fantasy football that you, you know, that everyone's playing now, this fantasy football, that tells you what type of guy he is. <laughs> that was, um, that was 2006 and I was 21 years old. So also, Josh, I want to say I'm a proud, proud girl dad as well. Uh, wouldn't trade it for anything else in the world. Yeah, right. Uh, now, brother. That's right. So that was, uh, let's see, that was 2006. That was 15 years ago. I was strictly redraft. And my first season, I learned very well why you need to diversify your team and don't draft so many people on the same football team because of bye weeks and injuries. And also try not to draft all your favorite players. As far as starting the Dynasty Rewind, uh, when I started playing Dynasty, I was I was lost, man. You go from redraft to Dynasty, and it's a huge, huge leap to make because it's really intense, and I was looking for information online. And I found um, some podcasts, and it's funny because the podcasts I started listening to, I don't listen to anymore, so I will not name them. But I just felt like, <laughs> um, I felt like I had something to say, something I could bring to the table. So I linked up with Garrett Price and Chevin Nooney, and we uh, we started the Dynasty Rewind in May of 2019. Garrett's no longer with us. Chevin still is, and we also have Porkman and Nate, and that's the main four on the show. Um, honestly, what I'm going to say is people ask me about starting a podcast. So I'm just going to give some advice right now to whoever's listening. Uh, figure out what you want to do. Do it well. And don't change for too long. We were trying to do too many different things. And this last off season, we really focused and we decided we're going all dynasty all the time. So how we manage in season is going to be different. Steven, you know, you were on our waiver wire show yes, sir. Uh, this last year and we're, we will still be doing the waiver wire show. You just won't be seeing me do the waiver wire show. That's going to be Maddie big chest and uh, our other contributor, Linda, they're going to be doing fab Tuesdays, eight o'clock on Tuesday nights. That's going to be on our YouTube channel. So, uh, they're going to handle that. They'll probably smoke and then do uh, the waiver wire show, which is fine. It's going to be a fun show. Um, but yeah, That's how it got started. Really? That was it. So um, nothing too fancy there, but we're growing, you know, we're trying to um, carve ourselves out a, a niche in a very crowded field. So it's tough out there. You guys. That's know. an awesome story. I mean, I'm picturing your dad as like Robert De Niro from uh, silver lining playbook. <laughs> Just like sitting there, like watching TV, just the Eagles are on. It's, it's you're in front of the TV. You well, don't have to know the players. You don't have to know the stats. Just it's, you're watching. It's funny because in that movie, De Niro's dad was banned from the stadium. My dad's ban is self-inflicted because he says the tickets are too expensive. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. There 
but he it kind you know what kind of similar man i mean like my, so my uncle al would actually be more like de niro's dad in silver linings playbook he's the old school eagles fan you know like just you know like always negative you know like you've heard right. about philadelphia they call it negadelphia because everything's so negative that's him to a t like we win the super bowl he, he i remember i watched the game with him. we won the super bowl and he goes well now what i'm like well wait. <laughs> what do you mean now what they won the super bowl he's like yeah ain't going back there again and it's been downhill ever since so he's your quintessential old school eagles fan well you know there's <laughs> a couple of these there's a couple of these prospects here that I actually, you know, as we get talking, I, I think could land on the Eagles and, you know, hopefully make your dad happy here. So let's roll right into it. And Michael, thank it. you for sharing your story, but let's roll right into it here. Uh, let's start off with at the top here. Number one, it's everyone's number one. It's Najee Harris. And, you know, I say everyone kind of loosely there, but, you know, he is far and away the most complete running back in this class you know we're going to talk about a few other running backs but he is the most complete um you know the size the speed um the catching ability too you know he caught 43 passes last season which is is just good to see you know i don't like to you know that's one thing we're going to talk about like i don't really like looking at the college stats too too much you know i mean sometimes it translates a lot of times it really doesn't uh so it's tough to say but Najee harris uh far and away the number one uh you know he's gonna go on day two, very early on the day two, uh, if not on day one, um, that, you know, that's how good Najee is. So um, he's the most complete player. Uh, we can move on to number two. And uh, or, yeah, honestly, do you guys have anything else to say about Najee that, that really should be said? No, you, you nailed it. Yeah. I mean, he just, he presents the opportunity for like what every fantasy football player wants. And that's like the immediate bell cow production. And that's, you know, he, he fits that role. So it's, it's an obvious choice. Yeah. That's a good point, Josh. Um, the immediate uh, work that he can carry right away. So, you know, you know, if, if the jets were to get him, you know, unfortunately, like if you're like, Oh man, the jets, but I mean, if like the jets draft Najee, I mean, he's getting like, 250 plus touches immediately and that's what you'd love to see uh you know with a prospect um the only thing i could add is a lot of people are concerned about his age he's gonna be 23 like i wish i was 23 again for the record yeah um (laughs) but for the most part you know especially in dynasty you're only having these guys for their first contract anyway so he's gonna be 27 yeah, it's the age is, is a non-issue for me. And if you're playing redraft, you take that on a year to year basis. You start them until you can't. Right. So I, I just think that, you know, people, because we know what these players are, people are so nitpicky about every single thing that they can be, but I'm not worried at all. I'm not worried about where he goes. I mean, unless he went to like Minnesota or Dallas where, you know, he's not going to play because you know what I mean? Like they have right. those guys there. So um, he's pretty much everything proof. You know, he, he's a bell cow off the bat. Age doesn't matter. He can run, he can catch. He, he's the one, one of running backs for sure. And real quick, I didn't mention this is our hot take consensus. So I told Josh, Hey, make your, you know, top 10 rankings for these prospects. I will do the same. And then we'll meet in the middle. We'll split the difference and just kind of have our own consensus. So that's what we're going off of today for our top 10. Michael has his own top 10, obviously, and we're going to just kind of chat about that as we go through. Um, I know that Josh wants to talk about our number three. So, Michael, 
Talk to me about our number two here, Jamar Chase. Yeah, I love Jamar Chase, and he is right where he needs to be at wide receiver one. A lot of people have Rondale Moore, who I know is on this list. We're going to talk about him later. You know, they they like Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore, is, he's an explosive player. He's fine. Jamar Chase would have been one of the best receivers in last year's class if he would have declared, to right. be honest with you. And, you know, he he didn't play, and a lot of people are like, oh, he sat up for COVID. I, I'm not holding any of these COVID opt-outs against these guys. I mean, how can you, right? You got to look at the health of the people around you and your family. That's more important than football at the end of the day. Jamar Chase, to me, is like Najee Harris. It doesn't matter where he goes. He is going to be a stud, I think, barring any injuries. But I, I think he's um, I think he's scheme-proof. I think he's quarterback-proof, like Cortland Sutton, who a lot of people are not talking about. Go by Cortland Sutton, just not for me. Um, yeah, Jamar Chase, Chad. Yeah, but, Josh, I know you said that some of these guys you know, might go to Philadelphia. I don't want to ruin any of these guys' careers, to be honest with you. So... <laughs> Um, as much as I'd love to see Jamar Chase in uh, Philly Green, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen at 12. Yeah, probably a lot of angst from the fan base after passing, uh, you know, on another LSU receiver last year. So it's, I can understand the sentiment from, you know, a lot of Eagles uh, fans out there. But, um, you know, hey, there's, you know, you got to you gotta look at the whole picture. But, uh, you know, very, very possible that they could end up doing something like that. But uh, we'll see if he's there when they're on the clock. Um you know, the only thing I'll say about Chase and some of these COVID guys that, uh, you know, had opted out, um, you know, and I'll, I'll touch on it more a little bit later, but it's, it's affected some of these players uh, differently. And, and quite a few of them, it seems like it's been more in a positive light. Um, and I think Chase is definitely one of those guys. And, you know, for me, it just, it just seems like, you know, ranking him as the wide receiver one is the right move. Um, I think kind of the next big difference in our, uh, in our rankings was I have Javante Williams all the way up at two and, you know, kind of said the same thing here with Najee Harris. I, I feel like Javante Williams is also a guy that can step in right away and immediately be, you know, a bell cow kind of guy. So an intriguing landing spot to me, you know, early day two pick uh, is, is pretty, it seems like it's definitely a possibility for him. And I'd love to see him land in Atlanta. Uh, you know, Mike Davis, I'll, I'll do respect to him. Uh, you know, he did pretty well last year and, you know, he'd be kind of exciting, but uh, it'd be nice to see somebody like Javante Williams, a guy that really kind of took over you know, as the season played out last year, which I thought was pretty obvious. Um, you know, a lot, just kind of the way his role in the offense, he, he kind of just, you know, became the guy. Um, and, and the main thing I think that a lot of teams are really attracted to Javante Williams is, um, you know, his pass protection ability. And I think that's one of the reasons you actually saw him getting a lot more work over a guy like, uh, you know, his backfield mate, Michael Carter, which, you know, it kind of spoke volumes to me. And I think a lot of NFL personnel are going to feel the same way about Williams. And therefore um, I was feeling so confident. I actually put a plus 500 bet on him to, uh, to be the first running back taken. So we'll see it. We'll see if that's uh, adventurous enough, but uh, I just think he's another guy that can offer immediate fantasy value. And that's why I have him up there. Cause these running backs tend to fly off the board in, in dynasty rookie drafts. Yeah, actually uh, Javante Williams is my running back too, as well, uh, to be honest with you. So you and I were, were consensus on that one. And I like Javante for me, the perfect spot for him would be Pittsburgh. Um, oh yeah. Oh, man, I yeah. think less competition as opposed to Atlanta, 
in Atlanta, you might find yourself um, a J.K. Dobbins situation where the incumbent is a nuisance enough to keep the better guy off the field. Like right now we had last year, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards is still there. So you could see a similar situation in Atlanta. You know, that, that team's older. They're kind of falling apart. You know, not to say, I mean, look at Pittsburgh's going to need a quarterback real soon. So Javante Williams, a knock on him is his pass catching because Michael Carter was doing a lot of the receiving at North Carolina. Michael Carter is just a really, really good receiving back. That doesn't mean Javante Williams can't do it. Javante Williams is a three down back. And he's a guy that like, if you don't get Najee Harris in your rookie draft, don't be upset. Just go draft Javante Williams. You're going to be really happy with the outcome. Now he's going to be a little bit more landing spot dependent. Uh, unlike Najee Harris, you know, if he went right. to the Jets, he might see some competition from a guy like Michael P. Ryan. You know, I don't want to see him go to a place like the Bears or something like that or the Rams or Detroit. He needs to go somewhere where he has a clear path to being the running back one. But um, I love the Javonta Williams at two, to be honest with you. That's right where I have him as well. Yeah, yeah and if he goes to the Steelers, I think my bet will hit because uh, they're picking sure. in right the, the nice spot there at the end of the, of the first round. That would For be sure. ideal. Oh, whoever the Steelers draft. I mean, if it's Javante, <laughs> that's great. Like it's great if it's Javante, that that's that's great. But you know, it, even if they were to draft like Chuba Hubbard or something like that, I mean, like I, I would still be excited. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, it just seems like you know we're doing this a week before the draft, so the landing spots matter so much, and then the draft capital, especially for these running backs, just matters so much. No um, doubt you have outliers like Chris Carson that can just win a job, you know, but it just doesn't happen. You know, Philip, Philip Lindsay, you know, it's just one every couple of years or one a year really um, that really stands out. Um, So one guy who I'm going to be very curious to see where he goes is Travis Etienne. And, you know, you guys are both saying that Javante is ahead of him. And I think, you know, that is, I, I think that is, uh, you know, against the grain, especially like early on. I think people are coming around on Javante a little bit more and falling off on uh, ETN. Um, so that, that's kind of as that's the trend right now leading up to the draft. Um, but this guy's explosive, you know, out of Clemson, um, you know, he played against D1 competition and he can catch the ball. You know, he is, you know, in my opinion, one of the more savvy uh pass catching you know specialists uh in you know out of the running back uh position you know outside of like kenny gainwell uh who can really really do that job but you know travis Etienne, um it'll be interesting where he goes i'm so curious about him because if he goes like early second round uh, into a position into a situation like in atlanta like you know that would be very explosive i would be very excited for him if he went to atlanta um you know, I, I was just thinking, like, as we were talking about these guys, like, what if Atlanta did something crazy and just drafted Najee at, like, at pick four? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what if, what if that happened? I mean, you know, how would we be looking at him? I mean, he would be a first-round pick, potentially, in redraft. That's kind of, you know, yeah, like, that, that would be insane. For sure. Yeah, that Atlanta pick at four is essentially going to determine how, you know, all of our dynasty fortunes play out with these guys because – you know, they, the fact of the matter is like they're a very competitive team and the defense might be a little bit shaky, but I mean, they're not going to be picking at four, you know, if this roster stakes competitive. I mean, they're committed to Matt Ryan for the next couple of years. They wouldn't nice. have re-upped him if they weren't. And that was so very recent that, you know, you could add a guy like Kyle Pitts at four or 
uh, you, you know, I, I don't know. There's still that lingering possibility that with this top four pick, you do take that quarterback of the future that you think you might be able to groom and to take it over from Matty Ice. So we'll see how it goes, man. But uh, yeah, dude, Atlanta's going to be really intriguing at least as far as how the rest of this plays out. Yeah, 100%. Uh, next on our consensus list, uh, moving on from ETN, uh, Devontae Smith. And Michael, talk to me about Devontae Smith and how, how you're viewing him coming in because the weight is the biggest thing that you see on Twitter right now. It's it's annoying to know <laughs> if you're on Twitter and you're talking oh about God. BMI. I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm pretty annoyed at this point. I mean, BMI, I mean, Twitter. I, BMI yeah, Twitter. BMI Twitter. When I see a Devonta Smith tweet i just scroll right past it like as fast <laughs> as i can it, it's so annoying because I, I heard on a podcast i can't even remember which one it was uh they're saying you know if he it's almost like devonta smith hurt himself by coming back this year i mean right. what, what what more Ow. can he do the guy won the heisman trophy as a wide receiver right. and what, what's amazing too also i know we're not talking quarterbacks but mac jones was the guy dealing the football to devonta smith and like not a lot of people like mac jones but Devonta Smith won the Heisman. It's just like remember a couple of years ago when everybody wanted Thielen and Diggs, but nobody wanted Kirk Cousins. I just I don't understand it. Somebody's got to pull the trigger there. Right. I'm not worried about Devonta Smith's frame. He's going to put on weight in the NFL. It's just these are the things that happen when you when you work with a professional weight training staff and a professional nutritionist. They're going to get you in. They're going to get you in quote unquote NFL football shape. Not worried about it. Let's talk about his wingspan. I mean, he could be like four feet away from a defender and catch the ball. He catches everything. He can run screens. He can run deep. He can run across the middle of the field. He does. He, he's like one of the perfect wide receiver candidates. I mean, I have him. He's my wide receiver. So I have a couple guys. I have two guys ahead of him, actually. I have Jamar Chase and Rashad Bateman ahead of him, believe it or not. I uh, just like Rashad Bateman's game a little bit better. But Devonta Smith, he's like, He's six one. Yeah, he's really thin, but he's fast, right? You know, so fast. So you're gonna worry about Devonta Smith's weight, but but people are gonna have Rondell Moore as their wide receiver too. He's five right. foot seven, right. like you know. And I mean, I'm sorry to jump ahead to Rondell Moore, but I just want to make this comparison here. Rondell Moore is going to be extremely scheme dependent in the NFL. Like oh, yeah. I understand, like yeah, he could he could get you a touchdown from any point on the field, but you have to scheme plays for a guy like that. Devonta Smith's going to be on the field for hundred percent of the snaps eventually in his career. Rondale Moore won't. So if you're putting Rondale Moore ahead of Devonta Smith, you're making a mistake. And I usually don't say things like that. I try to be you know, a little more elusive about the way I say things like, Oh yeah, they're both great, whatever. But Devonta Smith is the real deal. Won the Heisman trophy for a reason. You know, normally guys that win a Heisman as a wide receiver don't flame out in the NFL. Right. Normally, it can happen, of course, but uh, don't don't put him down too low because he's 167 pounds. By the way, we can't see each other, but raise your hand if you wish you were only 166 pounds or whatever you <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would I would take that in a heartbeat. Devonte Smith. I mean, you bring up a great point about the Heisman. You know, I think people can also look at that as a a, a negative thing when they're you know uh evaluating devonta smith it seems like people really want to find negative things with him 
I mean, this is going to be probably the most controversial take, but I have Devontae Smith ahead of Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, to me, is the quintessential wide receiver in this class. Like, he is going to be a target hog, in my opinion, in the NFL. I think he's going to have a great career, and he's the most polished wide receiver. So what Devontae Smith is, is he's Deshaun Jackson. I think that's, like, the biggest comp that he gets but he's better than Deshaun his he has a more complete game than Deshaun Jackson though 100 percent. so he's for sure he's the Deshaun Jackson but how he was used at Alabama was how the Packers used the Devontae Adams that's who he is that's that makes sense his route tree is that it put him on a screen at you know it, it three out of four passing plays he's the number one read and on all of those plays he's lined up somewhere else he's doing a different route and then he has Deshaun Jackson speed. So, you know, what he can be for fantasy to me is above what Jamar Chase could be for fantasy. So that's why I have him there. But I, I of course, understand what Chase can be. And I even love the next prospect so much that I feel like he could even be better than Devontae Smith. And that's Jalen Waddell. Well, yeah. And the, uh, you know, the Eagles could end up with, you know, Jalen Waddell as well. So it's... Uh it's either way i mean there's there's a lot of intrigue here like we mentioned with the eagles and with waddle um you know this is a dude that i just feel like you know he can also do it all um you know some of the the freakish comparisons that uh, that we've seen from him uh i just you know this is a guy that i feel like can come in and just be an immediate weapon for any team that drafts him so um i wouldn't be surprised at all to see, you know, Waddle break, you know, multiple receiving records, uh, you know, for like consecutive uh, seasons with like a hundred catches and, you know, 1200 yards and um, just to be an absolute stud compiler, you know, he might, the only, the only knock is like, I can't, I can't say enough good things about Waddle. So instead, I guess the way I'll frame it best is I think the only knock on him is, I just hope that like he doesn't go to a coach that doesn't have as much trust in him as he should. And maybe just only uses him as like, you know, kick returns. And then we're dealing with like, um, you know, like a a superior version of, you know, Devin Hester or something like that. So I hope, I really hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. We don't, you know, I just don't want something like that to happen because I really think, as toolsy as this kid is, I mean, I think he can make it happen. And I just, I just want to make sure that he gets to a good landing spot that doesn't, uh, that doesn't squash him. And there's no more Adam Gase. So that's definitely a a positive. Yeah. Jalen Waddle, you know, obviously doing uh, research for this, uh, watching, you know, tape, uh, he was my favorite by far to watch. Uh, He he really is electric in the open field when he gets the ball in space. Yes, he's used as a punt returner, too, in college. Uh, will he be in the NFL? Maybe. Uh, not always a bad thing. So if he can do that and be, you know, a, a dynamic receiver for fantasy, it, you know, uh, it, it is going to depend on the spot, just like a lot of these receivers, obviously, you know, but Waddle's a guy who could be drafted ahead of Devontae Smith. I mean, we could see that. You know, speaking of freakish athletes, Michael, the next guy on, on our list here, I, I think is probably the most controversial player in, in this class right here. I'm I'm the lowest of him. Yeah, so I just feel like he's like me, Cole Hardman. Really. Okay. I mean, he, he's good, he's explosive, but he's going to be what some teams view as a quote-unquote luxury pick. You know, luxury items don't get used every day like work boots do, right? 
Right. <laughs> so give me a Rashad Bateman. Give me a Devonta Smith. Give me a guy who's on the field for 100% of the plays. That's what I want. Yeah. But Kyle Pitts, he's actually, you know, I got him uh, one, two, three. I have him third. And the generational talent, as much as I hate to throw that around, it's real, man. You know, watching this film, I remember watching Van Jefferson and the Michael P. Ryan film last year and seeing Kyle Pitts. And I ended up having to go back and rewatch film on these other guys because I couldn't stop watching Kyle Pitts. So he's been on my radar since last year. And I know other guys have had him on the radar longer, but you don't pass up a guy like this. And, you know, there's other guys in this class that are good too at tight end. Pat Frymuth, I'm high on Brevin Jordan, Kenny Yaboa, I like a lot. But um man, Kyle Pitts, he makes any NFL team special. He makes any fantasy team special too. Just he he does everything so much better than the number two tight end, and which is my number two is uh Pat Frymuth, in case anybody wants to know. We're not gonna I don't think we're gonna get to him today. No, we're not. He's not on the list. Oh, yeah, the uh no, I mean, I, I completely agree with everything that you said. And I think the anytime you get a player like this, that people are, you know, they're labeling him as like a wide receiver, like, oh, you should just be a wide receiver. I mean, we're getting this blessing of a tight end label. Like, <laughs> exactly. and I think that's another reason that he's rocketing up boards. And I mean, maybe I'm not taking that enough into account, obviously. And those in tight end premium leagues, I mean, forget about it. I've seen... Um, you know, Pitts as the 101 and the 102 in tight end premium leagues, which is sick. But, um, you know, it, I, I get it. Like, this dude is the real deal, so I can understand all the hype. So uh, we don't get a lot of tight ends like this, so hopefully we get to enjoy them for a while. Yeah, so, Josh, we have uh, Kyle Pitts down at seven. I believe you had him at six in your individual rankings, right? Yeah, I have him at six. Um, okay. But, yeah. you know, hey, I can I can be persuaded. No, exactly. That's the thing. I'm being cautiously optimistic with Kyle Pitts. I mean, you know, I think that he is better than David Njoku, than, you know, OJ Howard, than these guys that have come out that are athletes that can, uh, that had the college production, you know, and, you know, it's just, I want to approach it like, it'll really depend on where he goes. um, And if they're going to utilize him right away, um, you know, that's just remains to be seen. Obviously, tight ends take a couple years, um, in most cases, to get going. Uh, when you're drafting for Dynasty, he is far and away the tight end one, in my opinion. But, um, you know, it's it just – I'm approaching it cautiously optimistic, and I really uh, don't necessarily feel the need. Like, if I need a tight end and I'm in a tight end premium, yeah, I'm going for him And you know, at the 101. Or, you know, if I – even without the tight end premium, um, it, it just really is going to depend on your team. Um, for Kyle Pitts but um, you know I want to talk about Rashad Bateman Uh, he's our consensus eight Um, you know I really believe that you know Jamar Chase is the most complete and then right after that as far as being that x guy um, in in offense in the NFL it's Rashad Bateman and I really I think that he can produce right away Um, he can be in a spot where he can command volume um, so that's what I like about Bateman. I think that he can produce right away. You know, obviously, you know, you can have guys like in Keel Harry or, you know, Henry Ruggs, who we were talking about off air. I mean, these guys, you know, obviously didn't pr- haven't produced yet. You know, I-, I think Bateman has a chance to produce right away in the NFL. And that's what I like about Bateman. No, I do agree with what you said. You know, a lot of these other guys like Nikhil Harry and all these other guys, you, you want Bateman over them. 
You know what I mean? He he could play inside. He could play outside. He could do a little bit of everything. He's got good size. He's not he's not a huge burner, but he's fast enough. You know what I mean? Like he's he's just a great wide receiver. There some of these guys in this class, you know, they I think a lot of people really they try to pigeonhole guys like he does this well, he does this well. Some of these guys they're just really good at everything. That's Rashad Bateman. You mean he's very fundamentally sound like Justin Jefferson is. I'm not comp- I'm not saying he's Justin Jefferson. Everybody calm down. Just saying he is fundamentally sound like Justin Jefferson. Yeah. No, I think the comp, you know, that I saw on player profiler um is Stefan Diggs and I really believe that that's perfect. Um just because he, he like you said he does a lot of things very well. Um, I really could see him being taken, you know, at the five or six in a rookie draft, something like that. One thing that I will say doing this before the draft, a couple of years ago, I had AJ Brown as my wide receiver too. And, you know, when he gets drafted by a Titans that killed everyone's perspective of AJ Brown. Right. But yep. you know, I, I knew that I had him highly ranked. So for me in that moment, and because of that, I was able to continue that wave and, you know, good things happen, you know, situations change as we saw with the Tennessee Titans. So, you know, if you're high on a guy and he falls into a bad spot, you know, you ha- have hope, you know, that's why ranking out these players before the draft is actually very, very helpful. Um, but Josh, you want to talk about Terrace Marshall Jr., right? Yeah, actually, Terrace Marshall Jr. is a guy that I had ranked just above Rashad Bateman until recently. Um, some you know, medical issues and stuff like that, from what I understand, uh, recently cropped up, but, uh, absolutely love Rashad Bateman. So it wasn't, it wasn't like it was difficult, you know, popping him in front of Marshall, but, um, awesome immediate production, uh, you know, from Bateman, but Marshall's a guy that we kind of had to see, have some players leave in order for him to get a shot, you know, really, um, you know, not productive until recently. Um, people want to say, Oh, well, Jamar Chase, um, you know, opted out. Well, you know, it, how tough is that to play? You know, he only had to share the field with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Right. I mean, no big deal. Uh, Justin Jefferson just setting the, you know, rookie receiving record. Uh, that's all. But, you know, Marshall's a guy that I think, you know, is profiled, um, you know, into a guy that can really, really be beneficial, you know, if he fits in the right scheme. Um, but he's a guy that I think can kind of play and be a little more versatile than I think maybe some others are giving him credit for. Um, the, the, the one thing that does suck about Marshall though, is so many drafts that I've seen mocks uh, mock drafts recently with, with him going to the Ravens and it's like, no, uh. um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just, I, you want to see, you know, something a little better than that maybe. Um, but it's, you know, it's understandable why, uh, why everyone kind of has that reaction, but uh, with with Marshall, I just think you're going to get a guy that you know is going to be productive in in you know in spite of what you know others might say with you know him having to share the field. I mean, uh, this is a very very likely possibility that whatever situation he gets put in, you know, he, the top two receivers on the team, uh, one of them is likely to be him. Uh, but I can tell you that the top two receivers on the team probably aren't as good as Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. So. Um, it's almost like he's going to get drafted into an even better situation. So, well, you know, we'll see what happens, but I think that the arrows are definitely pointing up for Terrace Marshall Jr. Just some underrated upside for him. 
Yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, they have, we have these teams that need receiver. I mean, the Eagles stand out. Detroit, your your Lions, Josh, that stand out, you know. So these players land there, you know, it, it's very different. I would, I would think Terrace Marshall is probably not going to Detroit. They have a couple, you know, bigger guys. Uh, they don't really need a Terrace Marshall. Um, you know, so it, it'll be interesting. I mean, yeah, the Eagles could be a landing spot for him. Um, in that case, you know, I really believe that Waddle or Devontae Smith is going to be drafted by the Eagles. One of those two or potentially both, um, you know, just because, you know, they have the history with Jalen Hurts. I mean, it, putting those two on that team, could you imagine them just actually getting that team back together for Alabama? I mean, that would be insane, but um, it is, it is possible. And I really do believe that, you know, the Eagles are going to try and get playmakers this year uh, in the draft. Um, yeah. I mean, I could also see a scenario where, you know, the Bengals end up taking Penny Sewell with their first pick. And then a guy like Marshall is there potentially with some of these, this recent news of him slipping, Right. Um, I, I definitely think Bateman's going to go ahead of him as far as real life draft capital. Um, I was kind of just peeking, peeking at this, um, you know, from a betting perspective. But, um, you know, Terrace Marshall Jr., ending up with Joe Burrow again, um, you know, it could be pretty exciting. Yeah, no, it would. Yeah, I mean, they have 100 targets available uh, that A.J. Green just left. So that, that'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, Michael, um, talk about our number 10 that's the hot takes number 10 uh prospect here and then please tell us because you know we obviously we know the big three um but i think josh has you know he, he wanted us to ask you your rb4 i mean that's just like so controversial everyone has a different rb4 so we want to hear our your our number 10 and then your rb4 this year sure and uh one thing i do want to also just say about terrace marshall if he didn't play at lsu he would probably be a first round wide receiver right now, just because he would have yep. been the best wide receiver on whatever team he was on. Um, no doubt. Yeah. But as far as Rondell Moore goes, you know, what do you say about the guy? Super young breakout age, compact. He, he kind of reminds me of like Maurice Jones drew when he runs because he's so small. He's got that low center of gravity and those big thick legs, super athletic, hyper athletic. Yeah. But he's small. Right. He's, he's five foot seven. He's a wide receiver. So we do have to think about, you know, I understand people want to separate fantasy and real football, but it is the same because they go hand in hand. What is the NFL going to do with them? Like I said before, if you have to scheme plays for a player, he's, he's a guy that I'm, I'm kind of going to be hands off on and he's going to go somewhere where again, he's going to be a luxury pick. And what do you wear more? Your work boots, your Gucci loafers. <laughs> you wear your work boots more. I want a guy who's on the field every single play. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to let him get overdrafted and I'm going to yeah. take someone safer. You know, I'll take a Terrace Marshall the guy who I think is going to get on the field more. And he, you know, maybe Baltimore is not such a bad spot because again, you know, just like you said, he's going into a better situation. Maybe he is what Lamar Jackson needed, right? Because they really don't have anything there. Miles Boykin, they have Devin Duvernay, they have James Brochet, uh, Duvernay and Prochet are two guys that I liked a lot last year, but just really didn't do anything. They have, uh, what's the one? Uh, the guy used to be on the Saints. I can't remember. I know I hate him. Willie Sneed. Oh, I hate Willie Sneed. <laughs> I hate him so much I forgot his name. So that might not be a bad gone. Yeah, I think he's gone. Good. I hope he retires. You subconsciously uh, erased him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, Rondale, you know, last couple of years, a lot of injuries too. So these are things that, you know, smaller guy, Super scheme dependent, had some injuries. Is that somebody you want to take with the first round pick? 
in your rookie draft? Because you have to be safe with your first round pick sometimes too. You swing for the fences in the second, third, and fourth rounds there. Not the first round. You got to play it safe sometimes. So my my running back four, Josh, I know you're interested. My running back four is Kylan Hill out of Mississippi State. If you follow me on Twitter or you listen to the Dynasty Rewind, you know I love me some Kylan Hill. 5'11", 230. These are his unofficial numbers. I know his pro day is a little different. I just have an update in my notes. You know, we're talking about a guy who could do everything really well. A lot of people say that him coming back for his senior year um, with Mississippi State was going to be a detriment. But he showed in three games he caught 23 passes for 237 yards and a touchdown. That's fantastic in three games. He could do everything, do it really well. He does not go down easy. Great acceleration, good footwork. He's a banger between the tackles, which is important. Super, super strong, too. And that stiff arm doesn't stop. Good vision, and in the open field, he's good too. And hey, listen, on a side note too, this is not NFL related, but he did kind of lead the charge to getting the Confederate flag taken off the state of Mississippi flag, which, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you can't you can't deny how cool that is for somebody in college to be willing to kind of stake himself and his safety, his family's safety, and his reputation on that. Hats off, man, for Kylan Hill. And if there's any rookies you want me to touch on quick, let me know. I can. I, you could just ask me, do you like this guy? I could say, yeah or no, whatever you want to do. I got, I got some time yet. I know you guys like to keep it tight, but. Josh, remind me to draft Kylan Hill in our rookie <laughs> draft. <laughs> I, I will say this. I'm projecting Kylan Hill to be like a fourth or fifth round draft pick. I think he's going to be extremely landing spot dependent. Yeah. And that's just because of the way this draft is going to be. If he came in a different year, like if he would have declared last year or if he would have been available the year before, I think it would have been a completely different story. But if given the chance, I would love to see him in Denver would be a great spot for him. Sit yeah. behind Melvin Gordon for a year. He could be an upgrade over Melvin Gordon. You know, oh, Atlanta. No again, Atlanta, great spot. You know what I mean? Um, there's other spots out there. So yeah. would be good. Atlanta would be good. Um, yeah, there's a few spots out there where he could be like that wait a year and then all of a sudden, you know, right. he's a second or first round pick in, you know, redraft yeah, leagues. Exactly. So. Seattle could be a dark horse too. Chris right. Carson gets hurt a lot. I think Rashad Penny is done. DJ Dallas is a nice piece, but you know, he's smaller than a guy like Kylan Hill. So, and Kylan Hill's got SEC pedigree, which is important in the NFL. This shows he can play with the big boys. Right. You know what I mean? No. And he honestly, his, his build is what P Carroll would love to have back there. I agree. Um, so that's, that's very interesting. Uh, yeah. Going back to Rondale Moore real quick. Yeah. No, I, it, it's going to be very interesting. The, the freakish athletic ability reminds you of Tariq Cohen and the way he's used as a receiver reminds you of Curtis Samuel. And you combine that, those two players and there's fantasy production to be had. And like you mentioned Baltimore, Michael, I like, he's one receiver where like, I would like that a lot. Um, you put him with Hollywood and if you actually like, you know, you know, game plan for him, you know, they can really use him in run packages. Um, it would just be really, really great for their offense. And in turn, I think it would be really actually good for fantasy eventually for Rondell Moore potentially. Um, so that, that's just an interesting one. But yeah, it, it's tough. You can't spend a first round, round draft pick on him, you know, in my opinion. I can't do it. Um, it, if you have somebody like Bateman on the board or even Marshall that we mentioned um, and a couple other guys like, you know, um, my, my guy, Nico Collins, 
Um, oh, I, yeah. I mean, you know, somebody like that, I, I actually would be more interested in drafting just given the draft capital that you'll have to spend uh, in rookie drafts. So it's, it's interesting. And if you want a cheaper Nico Collins, you can go grab Warren Jackson out of Colorado state. Um, and just real quick, a lot of people like Tutu Atwell out of Louisville. If you want a cheaper and better Tutu Atwell, grab Jalen Darden out of uh, the university oh, of nice. Texas. Jalen Darden, man, watch, I watched some film on dude. Yeah, I fell in love Darden. big time, big time. Yeah, dude. He's, he's legit, man. The, he uh, and just to oh sorry go ahead he's gonna have bad draft capital because he played for north texas i think but he's gonna get a shot in camp somewhere um and i think he's gonna really shine because he can return kicks too so i don't get him on the field work his way up through uh, whatever system he's in so i love Jalen darden a lot yeah i was just gonna say real quick to uh wrap up we were talking about roundale more I, I could you guys said you know you can't invest in a first round pick in him i mean you know, when you throw in, you know, Trevor Lawrence and, you know, maybe another one of these quarterbacks, um, you know, and then you see maybe say a, a really, really hype landing spot uh, for a guy like Tyler Hill or a guy like, um, you know, Trey Sermon or something like that. If they land in a, a really, you know, productive potential role, then, you know, I could easily see those guys leapfrogging Rondale Moore based on landing spots and uh, yeah, so it's it's tough to, for me to justify a first round rookie pick for him too. Right. Yeah. And, and and exactly. And I think when we made this list or when I made this list, I was thinking like I'm making my top ten NFL like I'm sorry fantasy prospects, and that's really what it came down to for me. It wasn't necessarily a dynasty ranking. Uh, what I was ranking was the the prospect that this the potential for fantasy purposes. And that's why a guy like Devonte Smith for me, you know, I value so much because I see the ceiling a little bit more than a Jamar chase, who I think is going to have a great NFL career again. So um, it's, it's very interesting to see. We're going to revisit this obviously after the draft. So I'm very excited about that. Talk about the landing spots. Um, very happy to talk dynasty rankings, talk rookie prospects with our guy, Michael Bauer. Thank you for coming on the show, buddy. Where can everybody find you on Twitter uh, and what's going on with the Dynasty Rewind? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Rewind CEO uh, at the Dynasty Rewind. Like I said, all Dynasty all the time. We got a Patreon search for us there. A little bit extra bonus podcast. You can find the rest of my rankings there. Um, for the record, when you sign up for that, don't ask me how to access the rankings because I don't actually know. You have to ask our intern, Sean, he'll set you up. So, <laughs> it's just, it's one of those behind the scenes things. Like I basically, I'm at the point where I have people like you have to do this. And I'm like, okay. Well, where can they find Sean? <laughs> Rewind intern. Okay. He's, He's going to help you out. Um, yeah. So we're just, we're all hanging out, having a good time talking dynasty. Um, it's, it's going to be a great summer. We got a massive mock draft coming up two weeks after the draft. We're going to have 10 people on StreamYard. Um, so I'm thinking it's going to be, it's going to be something. Sounds like a party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've, I've done it once before and it was a lot. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, it'll be going. And every Monday morning we have mock drafts dropping on our YouTube. Uh, Friday mornings we have my one-on-one series where I interview somebody from the fantasy industry Depending on when you were listening to this, uh, the 23rd, I talk with Jen Piacenti from Fantasy Alarm. So uh, that comes out Friday morning and Monday morning. Again, the mock drafts. And guys, thank you again so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for the time. Our pleasure, man. 
Uh, Josh, where can everybody find you on Twitter if they want to get some uh, prop bets advice? Yeah, no kidding, man. I should uh, should start throwing some of those out. But uh, you can find me at Josh Daly seventy two on Twitter, and uh, you know you can definitely find some of the episodes of uh, this show and uh, and some other good stuff that I'll be working on over the course of the season. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks uh, for listening, guys. Uh, tune in soon. We're gonna do a uh, episode where we talk about the landing spots for these. Uh, NFL rookies. Uh, thanks for listening again. On behalf of Josh Daly and our guest, Michael Bauer, my name is Stephen Troni. This has been the Hot Take Podcast.